La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding ding dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum. Tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Hey, bonjour Rugby Friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection podcast with moi, Véronique Landieu, and with moi, Tom Dixon. And you are back in the perfect Albion. Ah, it's wonderful. I, ca I came back today, Véronique. You'll remember I might have been getting a little angry about being a season ticket holder of Stade Toulousain. And having to miss the match of the season. Yeah, but where... come on, come on, Tom. It wasn't the Stade Toulousain fault. It was because you had to be in London for business <laughs> this week again. So no, it, it's Canal Plus's fault because they they put the Stade Toulousain La Rochelle match at 9 p.m. on a Sunday night again, and they've been doing that again and again and again all season. And they say we should be proud. It's because we're popular. And to be fair, it was very predictable that Statue Design La Rochelle would be a Sunday night. But you're right, I had my British Airways flight to take me to London Heathrow, booked at 8 pm last night. But, but you know, it's a bit stormy in England yesterday. It was on, indeed. On yes. Yeah. But British Airways planes had problems leaving. So I, I got a text message at 2 pm on Sunday saying, Your flight has been cancelled. You are postponed. You have to spend another day in France. So it was a lovely day in France. I was swimming, mowing the lawn, barbecuing. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you could go to the rugby match in the evening. So I did go and see Toulouse against La Rochelle. And it was a fascinating match. It's a brilliant result. I shall tell you about it later. But something was looking down at us. That because of all those storms, I got to see the match of the year. But anyway, so I'm very happy. Yeah, I think the rugby gods were probably on your side, you know. So that was, yeah, sometimes <laughs> there are some pros, there are some, some cons. I remember, you know, I managed to get some very good last minute tickets, you know, to see France playing against l'Angleterre for the oh. Six Nation final in Stade de France. I was so, so ecstatic. <laughs> And unfortunately, The other way around, you know, I arrive at the airport, but because of traffic and so on, I, I missed my flight by, by one minute. They wouldn't let me in. So oh, I had to so wait. Make it to the match. No, but what happened is that I met some, some aficionados like me. They were in the same situation. They wanted to go to the stadium as well. We arrived at 8 30 in the evening and we managed to find a, a very friendly and fast taxi. And so he sped to the Stade de France, you know, from Roissy is not too bad if you go really, really fast. And I managed to squeeze through to manage to convince a very, very nice person to let me in. To say, I came all the way from England. We came all the way from England and we missed that. Can we just see the end? And he, we did manage to get through. And, well, I didn't see the end of the match, but I saw all the players, you know, greeting the crowd and so on. So that was good. I saw Maxime Lucu. Who else? Dupont briefly with his flag and, and Naughty. So anyway, so c'est la vie. For, for you, it was, it was a blessing in disguise. For me, well, it was, it was the fault of British Airways or maybe the traffic jam at Heathrow. But uh, anyway, so tell me about that game because I watched it because it was on free sport. Yes, dear listeners, do not overlook free sport that, is, it, as it says, is free to air on 
presat and sky and and via the internet and they generally show one very good game from the top 14 every week sometimes two sometimes none but the credit where it's due they had this game on um, oh it was great veronique it was the biggest match of the season for both teams mm-hmm. why was um, it the biggest match of the season Because La Rochelle are huge. They were the double winner the year before last. They're the European champions. They're, they're a fantastic side. They're beating everyone on, on the Europe scale as well as the top 14. But and also there's a fantastic grudge between the two teams. You know, it was the ninth time in a row that La Rochelle lost to Toulouse. And they hate it. Yes. Ninth time in a row. What, what a black series, they call it. And they lost again. But anyway, everyone was really up for it. It was a fantastic atmosphere, as much as a Sunday night can be. Plenty of La Rochelle fans there, which when you think of the logistics, it's a good six-hour drive. So they would have got, if they were working, they'd be very late to work this morning. And La Rochelle had the run of play initially. They were very strong, solid as a rock. But it looked as if the game was going to be defined by what was a clear red card. Yes. By Raider Wardy in the 12th minute. I know, I saw that. And, you know, commentator was saying, oh, what a shame. What a shame because now it's going to be very hard for La Rochelle to win that game. We know what will happen. However, I'll let you carry on. However, well, actually, uh, Antoine Dupont had obviously been... He'd already had a couple of late hits against him. And there was already plenty of off-the-ball handbags, bit of fighting between the teams. So Dupont was clearly being deliberately targeted, which just before the internationals is a bit of a disgrace. You don't want to target an individual, especially when it's going to be so important to the next three French games. More about later. But weirdly, Wardy, who got the red card, he had just hours earlier received his debut international call-up. Because Fabien Gauthier, number one left prop, Jean-Baptiste Grove, Correct. went off with, with a bad break of his arm. Yes. And, and so what a day for Raider Wardy. He's, he'd been called up as the replacement prop. And then in a moment of madness, he'll regret for the rest of his life, it, his debut for the Canada of France is now going to be suspended. So he's going to miss the tournament. He's going to miss his, his first initial... That said, he's big enough, he's talented enough, and I'm sure he's resilient enough to bounce back in the fullness of time. But it's a moment of madness which he'll pay incredibly expensively for, and he'll regret forever. But, yeah, it was a red card in the match. But actually, Michelle did very well playing despite it. One thing I must say, especially when you saw it in high definition, in slow motion, obviously I was there, so I, I hardly did, but I could, I could see how yeah. hard the hit was. But it was a classic shoulder to the jaw and the cheek ripples up into the eyes in a wave of ripples. And, um, and, and yet Dupont didn't go off for a head injury assessment. You know what? Um, I was very, very surprised because he looked really, really brutal as well. Because I mean, Dupont is a very fit guy, you know, okay. It's not for a rugby player. He's not that tall. He's what? One meter 76, which is short for a rugby player. But yes, I mean, he took it, but uh, thought exactly the same as you. It felt like, you know, his brain reverberated in his, in his skull. It was a very, very nasty. And it was no other call than red card. But guys, you know, stop, stop targeting. I don't know whether it was an accident. Well, I assume it was an accident. You know, I'm not. I'm not going to. No, 
That, uh, yeah, we are not experts, but that was a clear. Yeah. I'm not a medic either, so I haven't heard anyone else whinging about him not going off a head injury assessment. So, so maybe I misunderstood that, but it would have made me feel a bit better. Yes. But on the plus side, Natalak and Bai are now training again. Natalak was actually running around on the pitch beforehand. He, he wasn't on the match. So the Stade de France should be able to manage with a bit of a change because there are some people coming back. So all the two lose points, and just just to remind you, is 26-17. All the two lose points were from one man, the wonder boy, Thomas Ramos. Oh, yes, Thomas Ramos. So how did he play? Uh, well, today, man of the match. He got the one try for Toulouse and seven penalties. Is so much on form. He was playing fullback yesterday. We saw him the other week playing fly half. He's equally good and can be a match winner in anyone. He's, he's, he's a player of real class. He is. Uh, of course, actually scored more tries than Toulouse. Brice Dulin in the 52nd and Piquet in the 73rd. But they were virtually never less than, they were never closer to one, than one score away from Toulouse. The Toulouse were always bossing it. Shell were allowed to score, but they were never getting close. Yes. So, La Rochelle are dealing with the anguish of nine straight defeats to Toulouse. And Toulouse are an incredible nine points clear at the top of the table. Yeah, they are, is, they are flying, they are flying. And Monsieur Dupont, yeah. who is obviously the captain of the Stade Toulousain, but we will always be the captain of Les Bleus as well. He did say after after their victory against La Rochelle that was very happy with the result. Uh, because, you know, uh, <laughs> La Rochelle didn't gain any bonus points. But it was a really a hard fight. Despite playing against 14 men, they had a few occasions. But yeah, it was quite quite tough going for them, apparently. Would you agree with this, was, with this statement? Yes, it was a tough game. They, I think they did very well. I thought they were very impressive. You, you wouldn't have known their man down. Their defence was great. But yeah. To lose the nine points ahead, but now is a different chapter of the season. All the internationals are off on their adventures, and it's up to the youngsters to show their mettle. So, so bring it on. We'll see what happens. Yes, but definitely. It, it's so lovely to be there, Veronique, and, and a surprise because I, I grounded myself with the idea that I was going to miss that match, despite being a season ticket holder of 16 years because of their ridiculous timetable of matches. But I got to see it. Well, yes. said, the, food, the food wasn't up to scratch. There's warm salmon and bad duck. But, but you don't go to the rugby for the food. Well, I do. Really? Really? You go, for, <laughs> you go to rugby for a lot of different things. But uh, hey, talking about Reda Verdi, it looks like I'm afraid that he's going to miss the Autumn International because of what happened on Sunday evening. He may get between three to seven weeks of suspension. Will be replaced by uh, Jérôme Ray. Oh, okay. uh, Lyon are providing a record number of players for the Camp de France for the time being. So they're great to them. They can be very proud. Yes, Lyon is very much doing a, a, a Toulouse, Stade Toulousain. You know, Stade Toulousain is, is providing seven or eight players, I think. And I think Lyon oh, is not... Too. It's not far Still behind. Gone, no, it was nine initially, and then this Bayern Germany coming coming fit at the eleven, and then you got Joshua Brennan and Manny Tufu coming through, and maybe Delib. It'll be it'll be lots before you say it. Lots of people will get their call up before the end of the season. Yes, yeah. And uh, so talking about the, another game, so Lyon uh, were playing against Pau. 
in Stade Gerland on, on Saturday. So it was a case of Lyon, Lyon, Lyon is doing really well. They won their last two games. However, Paul is very much, you know, reeling at the back and they've had four losses. So they were very, very keen, you know, to put things right. It was a game of two halves because majority of the following tries were scored during the second half. First half, Paul were very keen to fight hard and Lyon didn't really react. They only wake up around the second half when they scored three tries, 59 minutes, 70 minutes and the 77 minutes. So shame for, for Paul, but you know, at least they get the bonus points. Well, I was going to say, Veronique, last week, did we not have the, the temerity to suggest that there would be seven home wins? And lots of bonus defensive, uh, especially on that game. It would be very close home wins. Yes. Uh, and uh, Lyon was 31-27. So that counts as a very close home win with a bonus defense. Correct, correct. So we, but, yeah, so we're giving some good tip, I suppose. I'm feeling moderately proud of those prognostics. It had seven home wins and we got six home wins and a draw, which counts as six and a half home wins in my view. Definitely. So, uh, you are the stats man, so in terms of odds, it's pretty good. I think so. <laughs> so who else did you see this weekend? Uh, Racing 92 against Montpellier. It's not going too well with Montpellier. I was really hoping you know, for a win from the men of uh, Philippe Saint-André, but they seem to from have a champions. little... Yes, exactly. They are the French champion. They are are hitting a few bumps in the road. So I think they're going to reconvene and try to examine why they're not playing so well. Uh, I think they lost three times. So they they really need to ramp up, you know. Passing 92 scored three tries. I mean, Darmont in Montpellier scored the double 21 minutes and at 63 minutes, followed by Ben Lam. And Mercer again, who has been voted, you know, the best player of the top 14, you know, squeeze through, push it and manage to get, you know, try the 71 minutes. So put the blame a little bit on and indiscipline maybe from, from Montpellier. So there is something which is not quite, quite gelling there. So yes, back, back to the, what do you say? Back to the blackboard, I suppose, for... Yeah, back to the blackboard. They need a day click. They have a monkey on their back. They All have... these phrases we came out with last week. Yeah. <laughs> as, as, they... Oh, in French, you say, une épine dans le pied. Oh, okay. Uh, 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 you could say that something that is bothering them, they don't, no, no, yeah, which is not too sure, but, but I'm sure they can remove that epi uh, dans leur pied. So, which game did you watch? The next one I watched was Stade Francais against Brive. Now, two very different stories about two teams on different trajectories. You may ask yourself, how on earth are Paris coping since the earthquake in the back room with the manager being sacked and the French trainers appointed to come in over a year's time. Laurent Labier and Karim Gazelle are going to be seeing France through 2023 World Cup next October, and then they're joining Paris. So the, the manager, the lovely Gonzalo Caseda, was badly sacked, as we've talked about previously on this podcast. So how are the team coping since this earthquake? Well, thank you for asking, Veronique. Extremely mm-hmm. well is mm-hmm. my answer. Extremely well. They have blown away Perpignan, Poe, and now Brie, which really is the team responding to their manager. Three fantastic victories, 
They are indeed, they are indeed, but let's not forget that Po, Brive and Perpignan are very much, you know, lagging at the bottom of the top 14. So they are seen as, as, as teams that they should win again, except, except, my goodness, you know, that Toulouse lost against Po, but that was a hiccup. For reason that we explained in previous podcasts, they had the young guns, and it, it was good for the experience anyway. But yeah, but, but also, it's, it's only a season or two ago that Paris were down there in tenth, eleventh, twelfth place with them. So Stade Francais Paris to be second is is an achievement. You're right; it it was it's a bit of a battle of men against boys, but it shows how quickly it can move around. But the, but the real problem is Breve that they scored zero in two of their last three matches. And of their last three matches put together, they lost 133 to seven. Yeah. And the seven was a kind of charity score that Toulouse gave them to save their pride. So basically, it was a steady, extremely dominant game, scoreboard ticking over and holding the opposition to a whitewash. It, it was ugly rugby. It was rolling malls rather than a flying attack. But if the attack wasn't flying, the defense was absolutely faultless. It was 10 0 at half time. There were three tries from Mikel, Ivaldi, Barry, and Clement Castet. One of the things that I've noticed this weekend is how fewer cards are being issued. We're a third of the way now into the season, eight matches out of 26 in the regular season. And so teams ought to be clicking and operating properly and learning how to play to the referee. So to, to have a game without a card was a rarity three or four games ago. And as I said, Toulouse got three red cards in their first five matches. So, so there was no card in two matches I looked at in detail. Stade Francais versus Brive and Clermont versus Bordeaux-Bergler. That's a, a really interesting progression and the one to be applauded. So fingers crossed for more of that. Right? Well, maybe from you, so from the match reviewed, but I watched the game, the controversial game between Toulon against Castres and... Yes, at the 72 minutes, actually, Cornart was issued with a red card, which was very unfair because just a few minutes ago, Bastaro had a very similar impact with one of the players and wasn't, and wasn't, what's the word I'm looking for? Come on. Penalized. And wasn't wasn't penalized. Yeah, that's correct. So Castres fell hardened by, and I don't blame them. So there were lots of angry players and the coach as well. But having said that, he remained professional. But you should have seen on Twitter, there was so much uproar and anger. It was a very close game. Toulon hasn't lost any games at Stade Mayol. The final score was 28 to 20. But as I said to you, unfortunately, Jean-Baptiste Gros, who's been playing for Les Bleus, I can't remember how many selections he has. I think he has over 20 now. You know, broke his arm at the eight minutes. So there will be no, no Jean-Baptiste Gros for, well, for the Autumn International. And he was replaced by Vardy. But the player from Lyon is going to replace Vardy. Yes, that's one. Vardy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. So you never know what can happen in rugby. That's for sure. You know. there, there, was a, there was a similar case in the Clermont versus Bordeaux game. Correct. Where the, the home side judged a tackle as being worthy of something more than a penalty. And I think, in the, I mean, home sides do, are by nature biased. That's why you go to a rugby match. So a bit of group think and cheering on. But actually, 
pragmatically looking at uh, the following day, it was different. But the poor referee, uh, this was International Day of the Referee, and we, all the teams lined up beforehand and spouted a vow to respect referees. And then we had this appalling bullying and bad show from the home Claremont fans on a day designed to support the officials. So it, it, it's a tricky one. You want consistency, but we know they do the best they do. No referee is actually biased. They may be left good on a certain moment of a certain game, but they do their best, and it's really difficult. They do an amazing job. But anyway, that, that was in Claremont versus Bordeaux. I must tell you about the rest of the game. I can see the time ticking by. Yes. But it was 14-0 to Claremont after 21 minutes. Tries from Baptista Delgui and Damian Peno. Bang, bang. Rather against the run of play, it must be said, but Claremont getting up 14-0 was pretty fantastic. Yet by half-time, Bordeaux had clawed back a bit. They were 17-10 at half-time. Madosh Tambwe, the Congolese Bordeaux winger, superstar, rising star, was fantastic. He got them that try straight on the klaxon and also got them a second try in the second half, in the 62nd minute. So it was very close. And then... It was 23 all after a bellow penalty in the 70th minute, which means that for the last frantic 10 plus minutes of the game, it was 23 all, both sides trying desperately to break the deadlock. Fantastic rugby, very exciting, and uh, neither of them did. So despite me suggesting it would be a home win, it was a draw, and a draw in the top 14 is always a good set. Time on 23, Bordeaux, Bergler 23. Yes, that first one of the season, I think. I'm going to go very quick. Bayonne against Perpignan at the Stade Jean Drouget. Last Saturday was an interesting one because Perpignan, well, it was a game of two halves. During the first half, Perpignan scored two tries and Bayonne woke up a bit later, probably under the support of the wonderful fans. It was a sold-out stadium. I think there were over 13,000 attendees. And yeah, Bayonne did score at the 71 minute and 75th minute. So it was very, very close. So overall score, 24-20. But well done to Perpignan because they really fought hard. But uh, well, Bayonne got, got the win. <laughs> Pro D2, Pro D2, what's been happening? It's been a lovely day of Pro D2. The, the big story was yes. Boyanax beating Bézier away, 22-28, which was a real statement of intent because Bézier had direct competitor, it would been good. And Boyanax waking up again. Ajar had an away win to Mont de Marsan, 11-33. So those away wins put them firmly at the top of the table. Ban is there. Ban for me is the story of next weekend. They're away to Agen. So second again, second receiving third. It's an opportunity for Van to do well. So they've uh, uh, had their eighth day of play. It's it's turning out well. The guys at the top oh, yeah, but plenty of people still in the in the table. Very good. So, Rugby World Cup, so France uh, won against Fiji. <laughs> so they did. I'm still not sure I've seen many good close games, except for the 
classic for France-England game. But yes, looking at it, it's very exciting. I would like to think that France will meet England in the final. Yes. They just have to beat Italy in the quarterfinal. Mm-hmm. Then the semi-final against Italy as well. Wales. On the other side of the grid is England, Australia, Canada and USA. Aha. Uh-huh. So, again, you have, to, you have to say England-France is quite a likely final. and won't, won't that be exciting? Also, hats off to the Wheelchair Rugby World Cup, which is now finished. Mm-hmm. France finished set. They did well. They beat New Zealand, Switzerland, USA, GB, and Germany. Australia won the final against USA. So France did well there. The other bit of news I want to tell you is that the tickets are now available for the final of the top 14 on the 17th of June. You can get them on myrugby.com since today and they start at 25 euros. So, listeners, you're listening about the top 14 in English. You can get a train from London to Paris and you can get a ticket to the top 14 final to see these players we're talking about for just 25 euros. Thoroughly recommend you get stuck in. Mm-hmm. Hey, Veronique, talking about all these Rugby World Cups at the moment, Rugby League World Cup, uh, there's an England-France game. Oh, That's tell that. me more about the Rugby yeah, League Cup. We don't normally talk about the 13-a-side game, but Rugby League had France against Angleterre, so... I wonder whether that's the crunch craze, or it's a version of the crunch. That sadly, France fell behind its 1842 to England, which I think is what one would have expected. Possibly slightly better from France, one would expect. But well done them, so World Cup fever carries on. Brilliant. Now, tell me what's happening in Paris tonight. Do you know what's, what's occurring? Oh, yes. At Paris, there is La Nuit... La nuit des Oscars de, de Midi Olympique. I'm afraid, I think they lost our invitation in the post, but next year I've been told from highly respected source they've got our ticket. So, uh, <laughs> you need to, you need to make sure that you, you keep the last Monday of October. So, yeah, next we will talk about all the different winners. But also what is really, really exciting is that they are currently eight Rugby World Cup winners that are in Paris, you know, at that uh, soirée. So I think there you got uh, François Pinard, who won the World Cup in 1995. We have uh, Ricky Show as well, who won in 2011 and 2015. Yes. Uh, Kelly Singh, David Dunn Smith. That's uh, those are the names you're thinking for. But yes, they're all in Paris with the, with the Web Ellis Cup promoting the, the competition that's happening next year. And in fact, the Web Ellis Cup is coming to Toulouse, but very weird event next Monday, yeah. where the food market, the Marché Victor Hugo, that is normally open at lunchtimes. They have an evening drinking, eating session, the Nocturne du Marché Victor Hugo, and it is in the presence of the World Cup, and hopefully some players. So, so we'll see that. Yes. Um, Did you mention the England uh, captain? Martin uh, Johnson. Had you not mentioned Martin Johnson first? I, d- I don't think. No, no, no. <laughs> He's the tallest and better looking of all of them, obviously. Brownie, um, <laughs> make sure in your diary... You have France against Australia on Saturday, the 5th of November, uh, 9 o'clock at night, French time, at Saint-Denis. That's the first of the Autumn Internationals. The following week is France against Afrique du Sud, all at Marseille, 
also at nine o'clock at night on the Saturday. And the week after that, your correspondent will be there. France against Japan at the Stadium International de Toulouse, which will be a Sunday lunchtime at two o'clock. Oh. So the French internationals are upon us. The autumn internationals are upon us. So a reminder that what games you have to see by whichever ways you, you can get to see them. Yes. Obviously, you'll hear about them on this channel. Oh, brilliant. And out of the press, I've got some news from my special correspondent from Lydie Olympique. And guess what? Nolan Le Garec won the category Espoir. So it's a category, would you say, rookie? Yeah, rookies, up and coming. Up and coming. Uh, and guess what? Guess what? Who won? Who won the L'Oscar d'Or Midi Olympique? Come on. <laughs> C'est monsieur, le ministre. Uh, is it Mr. Mr. Tony, Tony Upbridge? Yeah, that's right. Anthony of the bridge. That's correct. Antoine Dupont, exactly, for the fourth time. So very, very well done. Right, I didn't know. This is well done, him. Yes. Four times in a row is very impressive. Uh, but, uh, so he deserves it. Last night was spectacular. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's been lovely to speak to you. So many things happening in November. It's going to be so busy. So we got the Autumn International and then we have we have the Football Cup. Oops, sorry. Wrong size. Oh. Wrong, <laughs> wrong sat balloon. <laughs> but still, it's going to be quite amazing. I believe there's some crickets as well. It's been very good recently as well. And yeah. the Grand Prix was tied up with the constructors yesterday as well. So sport continues. It's lucky that the weather's rubbish and we have to stay inside in front of big screens. Yeah, that is amazing. At least one thing's for sure is that sport unite, unite, you know, people, not like politics. But congratulations, you got a new, a new prime minister. Now, is it the fourth one in what, in, <laughs> in three years? <laughs> Refresh yeah, my memory. No, you always have to find positives everywhere. It must be said, I think Britain has done. Taken a long time, but we finally have a prime minister as a person of colour. Happy with that. So, rugby friends, I hope you enjoyed our episode of the French Rugby Connection. On that note, pass a bon weekend, pass une bonne semaine, have a good week, rugby friends. And have a good week, everyone. Merci, au revoir. Bye. La pendule fait tic tac tic tic. Les oiseaux du lac pic pac pic pic. Glou 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche ding ding dong. Mais boum. Quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum, et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.